0: And I'm Chad Bokelman.
1: And this is The Lantern Cast Presents Elseworlds.
0: Episode 5.
1: And this uh, this is going to be a fairly, well, it's going to be a shorter episode than usual.
0: A little bit. A little bit.
1: We, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because we, between the two of us, we both wanted to do something, you know, more positive, I would say, and... You asked me, it's like, well, you want to do Superman 147, where, you know, like kind of a what if Kal-El was sent to Oa as an infant? And it was funny because I was actually thinking about, you know, it would be interesting if we did that now, because Super Show is...
0: Super Show!
1: It's in like, you know, uh, when they hear this, it'll be in a week. And, you know, one year... You know, ago. Well, maybe maybe slightly more because it was in a different month then. But the last Super Show is when I started up my, you know, my my jam project with you know everybody doing their rendition of the cover of Superman one forty seven. So I, you know, and I plan on getting a few more when I go back this year. But uh, I th- I thought that was a pretty pretty cool, uh, bringing it full circle.
0: How much are people charging you to do that?
1: All different prices, but uh, for the Superman one, I, I don't think yeah, no, I definitely haven't paid more than twenty dollars. Actually, I haven't paid more than twenty dollars for any of them. Sweet, and that that's really that's including the the Supergirl one. And I have Chrissy Zulo and uh, Nicola Scott on on that one.
0: I was thinking about having a small jam piece when I went to Super Show. Mm-hmm. See what I could get done. Just basically get all my favorite DC characters and make a JLA out of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, the the jam piece idea is is really cool. And uh, the only downside is that you can only have one person working on it at a time, obviously. Yeah. But uh, aside from that, no, it's... Like, the end result is just so cool with all the different art styles, you know, right next to each other.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: So... Uh, without further ado, getting into the story, Superman 147, this is from the, uh, well it came out in 1999, yep. so this is the 1987 series of Superman, uh, this is, uh, well it's the first part of the one man JLA storyline that ran through all the Superman issues, uh, written by Ron Mars, Uh, Pencils and inks by Tom Grindberg, and uh, what does it look like? Colorist Glenn Whitmore. So, what what this story is all about is, you know, what if Superman, you know, as a baby, was sent off to Oa instead of Earth, and instead of being raised by Ma and Pa Kent, he's raised by the Guardians. And you know he he's gained his you know superpowers he has all the the strength of superman and you know all the x-ray vision and everything else but he also has a green lantern ring and you know in in conjunction with honing his green lantern skills he also likes to you know give his his body a workout also to to make sure that he has like a backup plan to the ring the story you know it, it, what it what it entails is that Sinestro, he he has the yellow ring, and he's just broken through into our universe from the antimatter universe. And he want, and the Guardians wants Kal El to team up with Hal Jordan to go bring Sinestro in. Now all of a sudden, there's like a you know a pause in the the issue. You have the the JLA of you know from that time period, the late '90s, uh, and they're you know, bringing in a whole bunch of, you know, villains that had escaped Stryker's Island, and you have Kyle, you got Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and the rest, and they're all talking about, well, where's Superman? You know, he'd be able to handle this no problem, and nobody's seen Superman for a day, which is kind of odd, because, like, Superman would never leave Metropolis, you know, un- unguarded, so... They decide to form a, a team of people to, you know, go and find where Superman is. You see, make sure that he's okay. Then we go back to the, you know, the story of Superman as a Green Lantern. And, uh, you know, he's given his backstory to Hal. And, you are know, talking about, you know, it, it just, they're showing how Superman, because he wasn't raised on Earth, he doesn't have a sense of humor. He's very... Logical, uh, as he was raised by the Guardians, they come across a giant yellow warship in space, and you know they can see Sinestro sitting in the command chair. Superman can see that there's a, a missile being, you know, held within this, you know, this giant ocean liner thing, and uh, the, between the two of them, they suspect that it's a, like a giant antimatter missile that's going to do lots and lots of damage. And, of course, the Green Lantern Rings are useless against Yellow. So I guess that's why it's good to bring along Kal-El, who doesn't really need the, the Green Lantern Ring so much in situations like this. And Hal and Kal are basically just kicking all sorts of ass on this ocean liner, knocking out guardians and uh, Weaponers and uh, Sinestro. Sinestro, he, he presses the button, though, and he releases the missile. Kal-El flies off to stop the missile while Hal is left to try and, you know, fend off Sinestro. As Superman is flying towards the missile and, you know, trying to stop it, we we learn that this is all part of Sinestro's plan. He wanted Superman to destroy this, this missile because in doing so, he would detonate it and it would not only kill him, but it would take out half the universe as well. And there was nothing in the universe that could stop it, which is fortunate that Sinestro happens to have a yellow ring from another universe. Hal steals it, and uh, using the willpower of both him and Superman, they are able to contain the entire blast. And, uh, you know, they have a little, you know, talk, Cal and Hal, about how, you know, you can't just sacrifice yourself right you know that, that can't be your first option that's got to be like your last option and uh all of a sudden beep end program and we see superman's dad jor-el and he seems to be like going through different programs to see where it would be best to send his son and you know oh uh, isn't the best choice, so he's got to keep on looking. And then that program is interrupted, and there's a, another dude in this armored suit. and Superman's locked up in this containment unit, and uh, this masked man wants to find out what makes Superman, Superman.
0: End scene.
1: Yes. And uh, they're, they're right outside Earth, it looks like. Oh yeah, they are so we well, we're not going to spoil this well, we're not gonna spoil the you know the full four parts just yet we we're gonna do that in a little bit um but uh yeah would you what would you think of it
0: well i think I think I liked it. I'm not quite sure I'm pretty sure I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I love this issue. It's freaking awesome uh it's uh it's a nice character study into not only calel and and Hal but it's also a nice character study. Through Kal-el of the Guardians, yeah, and I, th- I like that aspect of it.
1: It's, it's a, a good point. It's it, it, this is this is a what-if story, you know, if ever there was one in DC. It, it, it's basically you have Jor-el, well, not not so much Jor-el, but you have you know Jor-el, and he's running what-if simulations to see where you know where his son would be best suited. Mhm. Now how he was able to calculate for Hal Jordan in the future I don't know but
0: well uh, he's a kryptonian i'm sure he you know peered through a wormhole or something uh, i don't okay. know.
1: Yeah.
0: Whatever. I mean that's as far as things in the comic book that you know are outlandish it's probably probably not the most outlandish thing in the book. Yeah. Uh. So but I you know, people people know that both you and I love this freaking issue. Obviously you do because of the fact that you're doing a jam piece on the cover. Yeah. So why don't you tell the good people why you love this issue so much?
1: Well, I mean, when it comes right down to it, Superman is Green Lantern. It's one of my favorite concepts in comics. Because like when I first got into comics, like Superman was was really like where it was at. Like I at that point I like you know everybody knows who Superman is, I had you know a, a basic knowledge of Green Lantern as a character, but you know I Superman everybody knows Superman you got the Superman movies you grow up knowing Superman, and you know that he's like this amazing hero, so when you're introduced to the concept of Green Lantern and how you know only. The, the worthy can, can wield the ring, you know, you have to have tremendous willpower, you have to be honest, and you have to be fearless, well, I mean, if there were three words to describe Superman, you know, that's it, so, you know, like, granted, Superman doesn't need a Green Lantern ring, you know, he can, he does just fine without one, but... You know, every once in a while, it's nice to to read the stories where you know you ju- you get to see Superman, you know, use the ring and you just he goes back and forth between okay, I'll use the ring some, I use my powers depending on what the situation is. It's just it's just a cool scenario, and you know, knowing knowing what Superman can accomplish when he puts his mind to it. You know what kind of willpower he's working with when he wields a ring.
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting concept. You know what? I, another thing I liked about the issue is the fact that yes, he was raised by the Guardians, but he's not completely their their puppet because they don't agree with why he's training himself in the first place and and using his other powers because they figure the ring is enough. But you still see a little bit of Superman in there, you know, the Kal El we know and love because he he disagrees with them and is preparing himself to be to be ready in every situation.
1: Yeah, well, and and we can we can probably chalk that up to some sort of like, you know, genetic disposition to want to be prepared from you know that he gained from his parents.
0: Mhm.
1: Um and we'll go into we'll go into that a little bit later also.
0: <laughs> so when when you were first reading this, yeah because because of obviously because of when it came out and in conjunction compared or compared to uh when I got into comics i I already knew what this story was basically about when I actually sat down to read the issue. Now did you buy this as it came out?
1: I am pretty sure that I did,
0: okay, and when it got to the point where all of a sudden, holy hell here's Kal-El as Green Lantern, and then you're getting into the story, and just as you're getting into it, you're like, here's the JLA, and they're wondering where the hell Superman is.
1: Well, yeah, you, you read it, and, like, obviously, Superman isn't a Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. You know, so you start reading it, and it's like, oh, wait, you know, what's going on here? So... You know, you just kind of, you go along for the ride and then, you know, you get to that page with the JLA and it's like, okay, so we've got a Superman as Green Lantern and the JLA is aware that Superman is missing. So you wonder, okay, well, did Superman get trapped in another dimension? You know, did, did he cross over and he's living this alternate, you know, universe life or whatever? you don't know at this point. And you know, especially when you get to the point where there's Hal Jordan and it's like, "Oh, well, okay, so this is earlier in Hal's career that he has to deal with Sinestro again and he hasn't met Kal-El yet." Cuz you would think that think that any any green lantern that goes to Oa would come would have come across, you know, Kal-El at some point, you know? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, because he's, you know, living on Oa.
0: Were you thinking time travel story or were you thinking because you'd already read crisis by this point? I would, I would, I would assume were you thinking alternate earth and how the Holy crap is the multiverse back or what?
1: Well, yeah. Like once, once you see how it's like, okay, well, since this takes place earlier, you know, is it, is it an alternate earth? That's just, you know, going at a different time timeline or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and, and even when you get to the antimatter missile, you know, that's, you know, supposedly going to destroy half the universe, you wonder, OK, well, maybe Superman is going to stop it and he'll get punched through, you know, into another universe. Because I think at this point I had seen like advanced images of like the next, uh, you know, the stories that were going to come after this.
0: Yeah, well, not to mention in the back of this comic, it tells you right. where where to look for the next couple of stories on this.
1: So, you know, given that information, you know, you think, okay, well, maybe he gets blasted into another dimension. And when he doesn't, you know, then you see the jor thing and it's like, oh, wow. It's like, well, this is a really cool concept. And then you see the the final page and it's like, wait a second, what the hell?
0: yeah. Now, now the other thing that I I was I was wondering about this issue is oh, I guess compared to now, I know that we've seen this concept before about hey add your willpower to mine, right? But do they do that anymore? Like I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that anymore.
1: Um, have they done that lately?
0: Hey, maybe it's happening. I'm just not thinking of it. But
1: well, well, okay, actually. Like when, yeah, they, they do it, you know, slightly, but they don't do it the same way. Instead, nowadays people will, you know, all focus their, their beams on like one location. Okay. So, you know, it's like, okay, we need to build a pillar strong enough to, you know, keep the central power battery from falling over. So everybody focus your energy on this one beam. It's like focusing all the, all your willpower from, you know, multiple people into one construct that's going to be super strong. Yeah. But they did do that, you know, a number of times in the past. Hmm. And the one thing that doesn't really hold up now is that, you know, add your willpower to mine. <laughs> if we're going to have any hope of succeeding, and yet they're wielding a ring of fear.
0: Well... Yeah, well, not only that, but even a power ring in the will of two other people, I don't think that's enough to stop an antimatter wave.
1: Well, not nowadays. I chalk that up to you have, like, you know, Hal Jordan, one of the greatest Green Lanterns out there, and Superman. I mean, like, with the willpower of the two of them. And, and not to mention also an at a ring. I, I, I think that, not that it's going to be easy, but I think it's possible. I mean, like, if you look at right afterwards, they're sitting on an asteroid after him, afterwards, so, you know, it obviously the task really took it out of them.
0: Yeah, but, like, isn't also about that the, the soups is, like, looking off to the side, like like he's thinking about what Hal is saying. And and part of what I like about that is the fact that um, Hal is telling is telling Superman uh, that there's always a way. You just have to find it. And in my at least in my mind, that's that's a lesson or an ideal that's always been near and dear to the real you know quote unquote real Superman is that there's always a way. You just have to find it.
1: Yeah, well, that that that's definitely true. That. I think, like, if he had been born on Earth, he would have had that sense of humanity, you know, to try and, you know, sacrifice yourself as the last last possible option. But it's also interesting to note that, you know, just being a hero and doing whatever it took to get the job done was so completely ingrained in his DNA from his parents. Yeah. The only other thing that I wanted to talk about was, uh, you know, how all the architecture on Oa is, you know, shown as yellow. Something we've seen a bunch of times in the past, and also how, you know, it's it's interesting thinking about how the the Guardians would react, you know, if they actually had a baby on their planet.
0: Yeah, I kind of kind of like that issue of uh, Green Lantern Corps where Salic gets uh, the baby. That May 2 and them send back to him, he looks at it like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, like, actually, that would make, for, for a pretty funny miniseries, it would be, it would almost be like, you know, three men and a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Have one of the green that dudes change its diaper.
0: <laughs> That's funny uh so how do you feel about the the amalgam symbol the mixture of uh the s and the green lantern symbol well
1: I like it like i I wonder how it would look if it was more of the diamond shape you know with the s and then uh just have like you know incorporate that into the the green lantern symbol but i mean as it is i i do like it
0: yeah that's yeah, not bad yeah is it is it is it better in your mind than the uh Oh, what is it? The Superman Last Son of Earth symbol?
1: I I don't entirely remember that. That was the S-Shield. It was the the diamond shape with the Green Lantern symbol inside that. Yes. No, I think I like this one more. Because, oh, I don't know. Because they're both aspects of the letter. Yeah. For the House of L. I don't know. I I, I think I like this one a little bit more.
0: I feel you. I feel you.
1: Uh, And also, if you notice, when he's you know, fighting the robots in the beginning of this. hmm Like, he goes to dry off with a towel.
0: Oh, uh, the red, the red thing. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah, the baby blanket he was rocketed with. Ah. Uh. That would be his cape in another situation.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, now that's our discussion for Superman 147, and uh, in, a, in a minute we'll be talking about the tale from Superman one, uh, 257, but... We wanted to spoil the end of the storyline for people that wanted to hear it, but we didn't want to spoil it for everybody. So if you don't want to know how the storyline ends and you want to go out and track down the issues yourself, then just skip ahead five minutes, and that should put you right around uh, on track with the next segment. But if you do want to listen, we're going to start spoiling that storyline now.
0: And that storyline, just for those who are keeping note... Uh, this issue was Superman number 147. And that's the first part. Right. The second part is Adventure Com uh, Adventures of Superman number 570, and the third part is Action Comics number 757, and Man of Steel number 92 is the last part.
1: Right. Uh, so the the first part, he's you know, what if Green Lantern was sent to Oa? Second part, what if Green Green Lantern, what if Superman was sent to Ran? Third part, what if Superman was sent to Thanagar? And the fourth part, what if Superman was sent to Mars? And in the fourth one, it starts to fall apart a little because if he was sent to Mars, he wouldn't gain the powers of the the Martian Manhunter. Wouldn't look like him either. Right. So that's when, you know, things kind of start to break down and... It actually plays well into the story, which is uh, this whole concept where you have this alien Co- Coquito, Cochito, I-, I still don't know how to pronounce his name, but he he goes ahead and he finds that he, he trades for this some Kryptonian technology so that he can probe Superman's mind to find out. You know, if he would always be a hero and if he can be trusted, basically, because Kojito's first experience with aliens were, you know, they said, oh, hey, how's it going, aliens? And the aliens said, oh, hey, we're going to take you over because we just found out that you exist. So they're very distrusting and they don't want somebody, you know, like if they're going to ask for help from anybody, they don't want it to be from somebody else that's going to try and take them over. So he hears about the tales of Superman and he decides to run these brain simulations to, you know, make sure that he is a hero. And I, I think he was also going to use, you know, that technology to make Superman think that he came from their planet. But uh, I'm not 100% sure of that one. But
0: uh, I think, well, he's he's not making him run through these scenarios. These are actually scenarios that Jor-El himself put, uh, ran through before he launched Kal-El into space towards Earth. He was... Apparently, that this this guy's armor has a Kryptonian data unit on the inside that is storing all these simulations that Jor-El did run through. And in this, the back of this very first issue of of the storyline 147, you can see that you know when you see Jor-El for a page, he's talking about how he wouldn't, he shouldn't send his son to Oa because the Guardians would raise him to, you know, and they're distant and withdrawn. And they wouldn't he wouldn't want Calel to grow up in that environment. And that's that's for me personally, that's something I didn't like about the rest of the story. You kinda had three different storylines going on, so I understood why they didn't do it, but I kinda wanted to see more of Jor-El's reaction to Oh, that would happen if I sent him to Thanagar or Ran or you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, but um that that actually doesn't make any sense because why would the guy have to capture a Superman in order to run through these simulations.
0: Maybe they're all, I mean, Kryptonian daddy, you know, like, just go Smallville with it and say the only person that can ac- access it is a Kryptonian. You have to have the, the blood of an L, you know, something like that.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like maybe it was something more along the lines of Ka- maybe Jor-El... Put in the basic gist of the situation, but, you know, using the unit now, it can, you know, look at Superman and how he has grown up on Earth and the choices that he's made and maybe simulate, you know, other situations also based on Superman's memory of other planets.
0: Oh, I feel you. But same time, there is a Kryptonian data unit involved in which Jor-El ran through these simulations.
1: It might as well be magic.
0: Deaths, yes. yes. <laughs>
1: if
0: you can't explain it, that's what it is.
1: Yeah. Now, now, what did you, have you read the other three issues?
0: Uh, yes, but it's been so long ago that I just don't remember specifically what happens, but I do remember the basic storyline.
1: Yeah. Uh, Superman going to, to Ran...
0: I didn't like that one.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it it's just okay I mean a- Adam Strange is you know he's cool but it, it's it's more interesting from the fact that he tra- you know you ha- he has that I guess what's the, what's the term uh, the turmoil of being transferred from Earth to to Ran on a Zeta Beam mm-hmm. and he can't really control the Zeta Beam so you know he could just be stuck you know stranded on Earth for a while missing his family
0: yeah but then again, I didn't like that story because I really don't know much about Adam Strange at all.
1: Right. Uh, the Thanagar story I thought was good. Yeah,
0: if you can get past the whole costume.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, obviously the one where he lands on Mars is, you know, it, it closes up the story. And you know, as soon as you start reading, it, it's like, wait a second, what's going on? And you know, the whole point is you're supposed to be thinking that because that's exactly what Superman is thinking.
0: Yeah, there's three different stories. There's the story of whatever is happening within Superman's own mind. There's the story of Martian Manhunter, Flash, Kyle, and who's the other person? Uh, Steel. Steel. Uh, Those four guys are out in space looking for Superman. And then there's the story of Cojito or whatever. So, and what he's
1: doing. You think he's Hispanic?
0: I'm from Texas, man. When I see that word, <laughs> when I see that word in print, I think cojito. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, but he wasn't that tiny, so it's not like a paquito, cojito.
0: <laughs> Pequito coquito. <laughs> uh,
1: now, uh, what, like if they were to expand this, and you know, or at least like because they have like these retroactive series that'll be coming out, they could theoretically put another issue or two in the middle of this storyline, just, like, a couple more simulations. Yeah. Now, you know, what do you think would be some interesting, you know, places to send him?
0: Uh... <laughs> uh, Superman on corridor
1: uh, Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs>
0: Fucking but, hate it.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, actually... No, that's an inside joke, folks.
0: Uh, I want to explain
1: it to them. <laughs> yeah, but it only makes sense the first time around. Uh, the problem with Korrigar is that, you know, Superman would have risen up, like you know, I I think he would have risen up either way faster than Katmatui, you know, to try and defeat Sinestro, or you know, the the other option would be that. Sinestro would see him as a potential threat in the future and take him under his wing to make him kind of like his assistant.
0: So what? That still makes interesting story on both sides.
1: Well, that one would definitely be interesting as far as, like, you know, Superman would be like, you know, the second person with the yellow ring, you know, going around destroying Green Lanterns or whatever because what he's taught by Sinestro is that Sinestro's actually the good guy.
0: Hmm. You know what else would be cool? Superman on Quad, before the Anti-Monitor left.
1: That would be interesting. That'd be very strange, but that would be interesting.
0: Because Crisis took place after Superman landed on Earth, obviously, so maybe you could... I mean, obviously it would probably have to be more than one issue, but just the idea of... Because, I mean, Superman played a big role in the Crisis, so...
1: So, like, you're saying, like, well, he, yeah, he actually, so he would be, like, an instrument of death for the Anti-Monitor to use
0: on the yes. other universes. It, not only that, but in addition to, like, su- what he do- uh, Anti-Monitor does with Psycho, Pirate, and all that.
1: Now, I mean, you See, that would be very cool, because then Superman would have to go up against, you know, Superman from Earth 2.
0: Yeah, and Supergirl.
1: That would be cool. And I, I think, what is it also, uh, if he went to New Genesis.
0: Uh, yeah, he's already a god a, a god pretty much anyways.
1: Yeah, and we have the Elseworld story, you know, what if he was sent to, you know, Apocalypse.
0: We do. I, don't, I haven't read that one.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's Superman Dark Side, I think it's called, something like that. Mm. Are there any other, like, you know, really cool places that they could send him, that would be awesome oh uh Zamaron? Zamaron, yes
0: yeah wow well, uh, yeah this uh all-powerful man growing up in an all-female influenced environment
1: yes that would be that would be very cool he'd be like it will be very similar to the green lantern issue so, like you know the superman has green lantern issue except completely reversed with him as a male star sapphire yeah because like you would think that the Xamarin's would, you know, they don't want men in their core, but if they had a man to raise, you know, from a baby, that maybe they actually could be like, oh, maybe we can work with this. See if, you know, like to prove it to themselves if a man is actually capable at all, which may in turn open the door down the line for other men.
0: You, you, you know it would be a, a cool story? And it's a bit of a stretch. Well, it is a stretch but I just kind of thought of this, is uh, Superman on riot before the massacre happened.
1: Oh, before the massacre happened.
0: Yeah, somehow he passes through a wormhole or, you know, whatever. But Superman on riot before the massacre of Sector 666.
1: <laughs> Take out all the Manhunter robots.
0: Yeah, or be there and become become the atrocities of the future, but with superpowers.
1: Oh, well... Well, Atrocitus kind of has superpowers.
0: I guess. But he, that's because of his ring and his little magic shit. Yeah. His little incantations. Cheater. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Okie doke. Now, uh, let's take a break, and we'll be back with uh, our next story.
0: Yes, sir. This is John Stewart, Green Lantern of Sector 2814, and you are listening to The Lantern Cast.
1: Okay, we're back, and the next tale up to talk about is. A backup tale from Superman number 257.
0: And we only read the backup, so if you want to read the story, go find it yourself. Yeah, good (laughs) luck with that one. (laughs) Uh, This is a backup story featuring the greatest Green Lantern of all. And it's not Hal. It's not Sinestro. It's not Abin Sur. It's not Kilowog or anybody else. It's Tomar Ray. No, it's not. No, No, it's not. It's not. It's not. not. I, I, I tricked them.
1: Because the story, if you read just before that, the words are the one who could have been the greatest Green Lantern of all.
0: That's right. And this is the story of what the hell was Tomar Ray doing the day Krypton exploded? Mm -hmm. Ah, yeah. So we open up with uh, Tomar heading towards Oa. And he is coming up on the end of his active duty run. So they're giving him a review and they bring up his greatest failure of Krypton. So we flashback to to the Guardians having a discussion uh, about making uh, the Green Lantern Corps independent from the Guardians and they want to select a leader for that. So they're using their little space probe and looking at Krypton and see Jor-El and Lara and you know they say genetically they're per- you know they they're Either of them would make a great Green Lantern, but their offspring would be ideal. But they discover that Krypton's life cycle is about to expire, so to speak, and um, they ask what is being done about it. So they s- see that Tomar is going about the, the uh, universe, gathering Stellarium to basically put in Krypton's core to soak up the radiation, and give Krypton a little more time. Jor-El, because the Kryptonians are so, um, I don't know, free-willed, and you know, they, they like to do stuff on their own, uh, this whole story, Tomar doesn't interact with any Kryptonians. He's kind of doing the, the background legwork. Meanwhile, while he's gathering the Stellarium, Jor-El is building a space arc for those who believe that believe his theory that Krypton's going to go kablooey. But he the problem is he's building building the space arc right outside the city of Kandor. Uh, and it just so happens to be within the limits of Kandor enough to when Brainiac t- takes Kandor and bottles it up, the space arc is gone. And there's not enough time to build another one. So as he's going through a mad frantic rush to build a little ship for Kal-El... Uh, Tomar heads out to a nearby asteroid planet, whatever, and as he's gathering the last bits of Stellarium from that that planetoid, the sun it's near goes nova, and with some yellow radiation, it temporarily blinds Tomar. And as Tomar is kind of drifting through space in the general direction of Krypton, half-blind his eyes start to clear just as he's reaching the planet and the planet explodes and, um, he's too late. So then we flash back to there and the, the guard to, to now. And, uh, the guardians are saying how, you know, it was, it was bad that Krypton exploded and and all this, but we couldn't have predicted that the, the yellow sun would grant the universe this, this, uh, titan among the stars because when the universe uh grants you you know bursts a titan its destiny and shouldn't be messed with so because superman made it to earth and has become one of the greatest heroes of all it's okay tomare retire at peace and that's it
1: now one of the one of the important things to to mention also that kind of absolves tomar from not being able to save krypton is that you know, the Guardians say that if the planet didn't explode, then within nine more years, you know, little baby kal would have been nine years old, every star in the sector would have been racked by massive flare-ups caused by Krypton's erratic magnetic field. Entire planetary systems would just, you know, perish. They would cease to be. So Krypton... It could not be allowed to exist. Uh, you know, obviously, this is this is the pre-crisis continuity. But in this, you know, in this storyline, Krypton, you know, it, it was basically, you know, either destroy Krypton or you destroy a whole bunch of other things in in Tomar's sector. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do.
0: And some people out there may be thinking, well, he could have evacuated the people from Krypton, but... That wouldn't work either because of what I said earlier. The Kryptonians are very do-it-yourself, and if we can't do it, then screw
1: it. Yeah, yeah. The the independence there, you know, it would it prevented them from taking help or anything. I think there was another storyline where there was a a spacefaring uh, population that decided to go out and colonize, but the uh, the Eradicator. You remember the, the device, the Eradicator?
0: Uh, that's the one that eventually became one of the four Superman and Reign of the Superman, right?
1: Right. Yeah, it was actually a, a Kryptonian artifact that, you know, was around on Krypton, and when these, you know, people wanted to leave, the, um, the device altered their genetic code so that lead would poison them, because lead, you know, one of the most abundant, well, I don't know about one of the most abundant, but a very abundant material in the universe, you know, it. it, the... What's it called again?
0: Is that an incontinuity reason of why we have daxamites?
1: Actually, as far as I know, that is still the reason for Hmm. So, you know, it's almost like that's why they gave up with... You know, colonizing and going out into space because, you know, they saw, oh, well, you know, if this thing's going to make you basically die when you're exposed to lead. Then, you know, we'll, we'll just stay here and, you know, suck it up, basically.
0: Yeah. And it's it's this is a it's a very good backup tale. I mean, I really I it's as far as I know, it should still be in continuity because it doesn't directly affect Krypton. So, and, and that's what I like about it. It's, it's uh, the Green Lantern Corps was in existence today. Krypton exploded. So, what was there the Green Lantern of that sector doing? Right. And it tells you what was happening.
1: Yep. Yeah. Th- this this is great because as far as I know, this is the the first you know idea that had Krypton not exploded, Superman would have been a Green Lantern.
0: Yeah, and and the reasoning for it um, is, is pretty cool because, and I'm quoting here, the Guardians themselves are saying, I make a motion to make the Green Lantern core independent of the Guardians of the Universe. And that's, uh, that's very interesting, especially if you consider what we've been talking about for a while with the more recent issues of Green Lantern and what's going on there.
1: Right. And, you know, it it also is, you know, I I guess cool to note that, Okay, so they never ended up following up on this. But then when they've already basically selected their leader as Superman, who is genetically perfect and, you know, he's he's born of people that would make great Green Lanterns and he himself would be an amazing Green Lantern. You know, like, if you lose out on that candidate, who could possibly, you know, fill the shoes, you know, of a Superman-like character? And I guess, you know, it's like since nobody else has come along, they kind of had to scuttle the whole idea of making the, you know, the core independent.
0: And now it's gotten to the point where the core thinks it should be independent for the most part.
1: There's, right. there's yeah. still
0: those who are fiercely devoted to the Guardians, but they <laughs> There's no way you could have a relatable story if, after all the shit the Guardians have done over the years that everybody is still like, oh, the Guardians are the best.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and maybe, you know, after so much time, you know, maybe they've grown to think, oh, well, maybe we definitely can't leave and we can't have, you know, the core be independent. Yeah. Uh also this story was written by Elliot Magan from an idea by Neil Adams actually.
0: He he Art, just has to get his credit in there.
1: Art by Dick Dillon and Dick Giordano. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So good story.
0: Oh it is. It's it's worth fi- I mean uh and you can find it online, uh, and, uh, and I'm not talking about through illegal means. This this backup tale has been widely posted on the internet. You can probably just do an image search for this issue and come up with all the pages for this.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've I, I've read this story like many many years ago. There was a some sort of Superman fan site that
0: yeah, that's where. A few others. Yeah, that's where I got it from uh, from that fan site. I don't remember the URL right off the bat. Yeah, that's where I first read it. Because when I, when you told me the issue and I looked up the cover, I was like, I've read this story, <laughs> and I real I saw the cover. I'm like, I don't have that issue, <laughs> but there is a yeah. Superman fan site out there that'll have this. So just do a search for I don't know, Tomar Ray and Krypton or Superman one fifty seven or whatever.
1: Do a search for Tomar Ray exit interview. <laughs> it's like he's talking with human resources (laughs) so how did you enjoy working for our company (laughs) okay so uh yeah that's gonna be it uh the only other thing we wanted to mention was super show
0: super show
1: at the end of this week as you are listening to this uh it's april 30th and may 1st right 30th
0: yep the greater reading expo center
1: Go to ComicGeekSpeak.com, and uh, there's tons of information on Super Show. If you need a hotel, if you want to get tickets, I think you can buy tickets at the door. But uh, it's going to be a blast. I'm going to be there. Chad will be there. Jason will be there. His son, Christian, will be there. And, of course, Dan will be there.
0: I think this is the first time we can say it on air for sure. I am for sure going to be at Super Show.
1: I don't remember. Yeah, but okay. she, yeah,
0: I'm going to be at Super Show.
1: Oh, and Lauren, Lauren obviously will be there too.
0: She apparently plans on kidnapping me at some point. I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Apparently I have to go to an outlet and go shopping or something.
1: No, actually we should be able to get that done on Friday now. Because uh, we were unsure when we were going to be able to leave. But uh, since she's getting a half day, we're getting out early. And
0: uh, what time are you guys showing up on Friday?
1: I'm, well, I'm not really sure because we have to, you know, on our way, we're going to stop for food, obviously. Well, duh. And when we get to, you know, P.A., we'll probably stop at the outlets first and then swing over to Reading to stop at the hotel. So like last year, we didn't get in till very late and we were very tired. We went to third and spruce for a little while. Basically, just to meet up with Jason so that Eric could get his room key. But uh, yeah, we were we retired. We just wanted to go to bed. Hmm. Not, not to mention Saturday is going to be an early morning with uh, Shady Maple.
0: Yeah, are we are we setting up? Where are we setting up? What time are we, we setting it?
1: Uh, f- I have no idea.
0: I think I think uh, Brian wants everybody there at eight to set up. If they're not going to be set up, setting up uh, the Friday before.
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure.
0: But yeah, Super Show!
1: Yes, indeed.
0: Tony Moore's going to be there from Walking listen, Dead
1: fame. Listen, Chad, there are way too many people to list. <laughs> so we're going to say go to Super Show, <laughs> go to comicgeekspeak.com and check it out. And, you know, hopefully we'll see you there. And that's it.
0: That's all she wrote.
1: That's all she wrote. Um, if you want to email us, lanterncast at gmail.com, we all have our own individual emails at lanterncast.com. So Jim, Chad, James, our excellent producer, Dan or Jason, we, will, uh, we all have our emails.
0: Yeah, and I now, would like an email or two.
1: Chad would definitely like an email or two. <laughs> if, if, you've, if you've read on our Facebook page, <laughs> which you can get to from lanterncast.com, there's a link for that. There's a link to our forum. There's galleries, there's our Twitter feed. Uh, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can do so at 206-202-1159. It would be awesome to get some, uh, some voicemails to play on the Elseworlds brand of our podcast. And uh, I think that's it, Chad.
0: Uh, I believe so.
1: Oh, you can also find us on iTunes.
0: Oh, that is true. And if you're there, drop us a review if you have, uh, if you have the time. We always yes. appreciate those. Oh and uh since Super Show is coming up and this is probably the last episode you'll hear before Super Show actually starts keep an eye on the lanterncast.com or our Facebook page will probably be one of us will probably be posting pictures or videos or something just to figure out what's happening at Super Show
1: That would be actually really cool if we could figure out how to send the pictures to Twitter
0: Yeah we should do it the
1: We should pick try to figure it out
0: Twitpick pick account You need a twit pick account.
1: That's that's something that actually exists? Did you
0: think I'm just fucking joking? <laughs> a TwitPick account! Have you ever seen when people post
1: pictures it says TwitPick? Oh, I didn't realize that was actually a whole other account that you have to sign up for.
0: <sighs> Lauren is cranky in the morning. <laughs>
1: that's because you're an old person and you don't know these things. Okay. We're done. Done! Super Show, everybody! Super Show!